Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross at Managing Editor, FightfulWrestling.com. Go there to get all of your wrestling news. Of course, we have that premium service, Fightful Select, as well. We just hit a milestone this weekend. And as, as things stand right now, because of this milestone, Jimmy Van has to sing Stephanie McMahon's theme song as a result. FightfulSelect.com has a lot of personalities on it, including this fella, Mr. Warren Hayes, who does retro reviews with me. We have, I think, Royal Rumble 88 coming out soon. You do the 205 Live NXT reviews. You do a lot of different stuff over there, Warren. How you doing? I'm doing very well. Happy New Year, Sean, and Happy New Year to our uh, to the esteemed colleagues who I have the pleasure of joining tonight. Also joining us is a fellow who joined us last week on what I I might say is one of my favorite podcasts I've ever done. I can't even remember the name, but we handed out awards that didn't mean anything. We didn't plan anything. It's on the site. Go check it out. Jeff Hawkins. Jeff, how you doing? Four mediocre white guys co-opted. That's all we yeah. are. Yeah, I saw that and I was like, man, <laughs> it had to be all the white guys, right? Had to be had to be all us. All the middle-aged white dudes on the site. Jimmy Jimmy was here. Boy, it'd be the most vanilla podcast ever. I think I'm the only middle-aged guy out of the four of us, to be honest with you, but let's move on from that. Um. Speaking of vanilla, no one fits the term more than the man I'm about to introduce. The vanilla gorilla? <laughs> the vanilla gorilla, <laughs> Alexander Palowski, who has had a bit of a break and you can tell is rejuvenated. Yeah, happy new year, everybody. <laughs> uh, I'm still wearing my stuff from last night when rang in the new year at 10.30 p.m. because I am middle-aged. Uh, <laughs> Did you I, stay I, up to midnight? Till midnight? I, accidentally. Like, I fell asleep okay. on the couch sometime between 10 and 10 and 10.30 and woke up at, like, 11.58, and I was like, perfect. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to be 40 this year. I'm wow. very old. I got to put you out to pasture. 
Well, I put myself out to pasture this morning at about 4 a.m. I did a breaking news podcast that I almost died on. Man, no sleep last night. All Elite Wrestling is announced. We are going to talk about that after we talk Raw and SmackDown. Now, what we didn't get on this week's Raw and SmackDown was what we got on last week's, and that was a bunch of clever backstage newsworthy things that they integrated into the show, like casually mentioning women's tag team titles or AJ Styles punching Vince McMahon in the face. Jeff, did you expect some of that this week for some of the trickery? Because I thought that if any show was going to get attention, it'd be tonight's show because the holidays are over now. Yeah, but they still, they taped them beforehand. And I, I think they just said, let's let's get a product out and we'll work on backstage stuff for next week. I wasn't well, expecting that much, to be honest with you. A highlight of this show for me wasn't actually on the show, Alex. It was Becky Lynch live tweeting the show yeah. as it happened as if she was backstage. She just gets it. Like, it's, a, it's an amazing thing that she's been uh kind of relegated to like the best friend role in the romantic comedy for so long like hey she's quirky and loves quinoa but she's been hiding this amazing sense of like how the business really works like people want her to be like ironically pseudo farce tweeting from backstage during the pre-tapes we want that from somebody and she's giving it to us and it just makes us love her even more so as I throw it to Warren, he will be joining me on Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern. We're going to do a New Japan Wrestle Kingdom post-show podcast. Uh, I'll go ahead and hit you guys with a few programming notes for this weekend or this week. I do still have the Fightful Report podcast on Select. That'll happen. Warren will have the NXT 205 Live show. The Weekender's still coming. All that's on time, but we do have a special 5 p.m. podcast on Friday. I wanted to give everybody time to watch it instead of doing it at I don't know, 7 a.m. Eastern. Uh, The MMA podcast will take place Thursday. Why is that? Well, because Showdown Joe, who does the shows with us, is flying back as we speak from Japan where he called the Floyd Mayweather fight and the Ryzen show that happened this weekend. We got UFC 232 to talk about. Lots of neat stuff there. Don't forget, listen, your boy, Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern, our flagship show. I'm going to try to do a New Japan or a New Year Dash wrap-up show. And this Sunday night, Impact Wrestling Homecoming, I'll be coming at you all live right after that show as well. Just tons of stuff at Fightful.com. A little something for everybody, but Warren, uh, I know you didn't get a chance to take in Raw yet, so what stood out to, the most to you on SmackDown? Uh, definitely, without a doubt, the, uh, the, the role that John Cena was playing tonight, making sure that everyone understood that Becky Lynch uh, is uh, is now quietly, subtly, or maybe not that subtly, being put into a position where she is going to be uh, the force, the face. Uh, I, I, you know, we'll definitely have a chance to talk about it when we get to the match. But um, you know, uh, John being very uh, non-combative about her attitude, being like. All right, okay, I deserve that. And applauding the fact that she basically pushed him out of the ring <laughs> during the match. Um, I thought that was very, very interesting. That's a, uh, yeah, we, we, you know, the, everyone was tweeting about it on social media over the past few days. I mean, it wasn't a surprise, but it was still interesting to see it unfold. John Cena looking like he just dumped Ron Simmons and got a gig with Fox Business with that haircut. <laughs> like, my God. 
<laughs> it, it was wild by the end of the show. But let's talk a little bit about Monday Night Raw because I watched this via DVR, and let me tell you, that increases the enjoyment factor heavily. The last couple of weeks, I've not had to watch these shows live till tonight. And man, I've really enjoyed what I've seen. And Alex, I got to think that that is a big part of it. How how digestible these shows can be when you don't have to sit through the same same NXT vignettes you've seen six times in a row. And you don't have to right. sit through the same entrances you've seen a hundred times in a row. You don't have to sit through the same commercials that you've seen a billion times. Commercials are a necessary evil. I mean, we have them on this show as well, but uh, is that, is that also how you took in these shows? Um, yeah. Especially like last week, the, the, the Christmas uh, shows, uh, Christmas Eve, Christmas shows, uh, I was uh, with family. So I didn't watch them until several days later and I watched them uh, on demand and they cut out all the commercials on demand on my, on my PS view service. So it was just like a streamlined hour 40 for raw. And it was just like, no commercials. I just, it was just done. I was like, "Oh wow, this is this is quite pleasant." <laughs> so it's it's kind of amazing when you allow yourself to like not have to realize, okay, I'm settling in at 7 p.m. Central Time, and we're not getting done until 10. Like it just it if you don't have that hanging over, it feels like it's a, it's the same amount of content, but it just feels like it's a, a you know less of a slog. We kicked off Raw with Drew McIntyre versus Dolph Ziggler. Uh, I thought this was a good match, a little too verbal for my liking. I mean, half the match was Drew McIntyre talking trash to Dolph Ziggler, and man, I don't. I, I think it's very 1980s to sit there and and just scream at, at your opponent instead of just beating them. I think that we know better than that now. But the crowd got into it. Jeff, to me, this has to be the end of Drew and Dolph. <clears throat> I'd say so. I disagree. I think it's a very modern thing of cutting these kinds of promos in the middle of a match because it, it there's, it's not the real in the, in the eighties, it'd be more of a old school hatred type of thing. You know, you'd be mocking a guy, you'd be doing all the things in, in a, in a kind of a fight type thing. If you were in that kind of a fight, this is more cutting a WWE style promo. You wanted this match the yeah. entire time. Uh, I think it needed, I think it needed a little bit more edge to it. I thought it was a fine wrestling match. But if you're putting two guys like this in a cage and, go, and and trying to get that kind of reaction that they didn't get, I think, hey, you need some blood. I think you need a little bit more viciousness from both guys. I think you need to make it a bit more higher stakes because there's no emotional resonance from Drew McIntyre destroying Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler has not earned any goodwill with us it, during this this split he's he's kind of attacked Finn Balor during the time so how are we how are we the audience supposed to view you know a couple of claymore kicks into the cage yeah it was brutal i loved every minute of it but at the same time you're like okay a bad guy got what he deserved from a badder guy i they guess heel, yeah they had a heel turn on a heel that we only cared about because he brought this heel with him mm-hmm. that's the only thing that made him relevant yeah. Uh, well, I'm not opposed to some verbal stuff in the ring. Like we, we saw either. Dolph Ziggler a few months ago. He would like, I think every match for about four matches, he would scream, do something. And I'm like, yeah. did you think we didn't hear it? Hmm. And you know, the, the kind of verbal stuff you want is the kind of the mockery more than, more than the, more than telling me what the angle is. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. Oh Dolph, you're going to fight a little more. Huh? You got to get up to your feet. Come on. Come on. You know, as opposed to you wanted this. <laughs> <laughs> 
I like the beat down afterwards. Alex, any thoughts on this? I uh, yeah, it was it was it was too verbal. I thought Drew was doing doing a little much. What I would actually love to see just once, if it's a guy who's really really good at like improv on the mic, somebody who's really really talented, is tell me a story during it. Like you see, Dolph. When you brought me in, I thought this, and then you hit him, and then the next thing, like, like actually, like tell Dolph and us because we're listening in a story as you're beating the crap out of him. Like make it like a through line, and like if he actually like is able to like, I love this spot where Dolph just sprang to his feet, kicked out Drew's knee, and hit the zigzag, and then Drew kicks out, and then he gets the upper hand. It's like that was a good one. You nearly got me there, Dolph. But I'll tell you this, I have you scouted, and here's why. Like, that might actually tie everything together as opposed to saying the same phrases over and over and over again. So as we move on, let's talk about, I didn't even get out the hose. I just turned on the spigot and laid under it for a solid hour after I saw this segment. After it was announced a couple weeks ago that mandatory title rematches were gone, we said, well, let's wait because they changed things an awful lot. They really hammered it home this week. They said it to Seth Rollins. They said it over and over again. The mandatory title rematch is gone. I can't tell you how happy I am about this. If you all want my thoughts on it, I did like a 12, 15-minute uh, live stream about how happy I was titled Let's Party. Warren, <laughs> what do you think about this? I thought personally that this often backed them into a corner to where somebody had to lose multiple times in a row and took a lot of the specialness away and really slowed things down for them. And I agree. Uh, I, I I think I joined the latter part of your party as well when I saw it appear in my feed. Um, and, you know, honestly, the only people that I've really seen having a problem with it are very old school wrestling fans who saw the value in having an instant rematch. And uh, I mean, we're not there anymore. We're, you know, at some point you, you, there's things that worked in 1987 that just don't work anymore. Was it even around in 1987? No, I didn't think so. (laughs) I mean, that's the, that's the thing. It's draw. It's so beat into my head that I assumed that it was. And then I thought back and I'm like, is it? Because in my mind, I'm thinking, well, that's the way it's always been. And that's what people always told me. They go, that's the way it's always been. And I'm thinking, no, it wasn't. We're, we were brainwashed into thinking that. Jeff, how do you feel about this? I'm fine with it um, as long as they do two things. They need to get rid of the non-title match that sets up the number one contender. Yeah. Because that's another thing where it's like you beat the guy, have to beat the guy multiple times to get the title. And I would also love for them to eliminate the fatal four ways, fatal five ways, six pack challenges that they always seem to do when they don't want to build one contender. Um, I think if you eliminate all three of those things, including the automatic rematch clause and make it more like the champ goes around every night to a different city and defends against a different person and it can change hands at any time. I think it'll add a lot more value to the belts. Yeah, and I and I agree. Sorry to jump in, but I agree with with Jeff and the idea of uh, you know the beating the champion gives you gives you the title shot. You know, it's one of these staples in New Japan. You know that they have uh, been abandoning as well that haven't that hasn't been applied. You know, Toru Yano has a pinfall win over the during the G one over Kenny Omega. That's Where's really his should. title shot? Exactly, you know? exactly. We need to make Toru Yano the NJPW champ. 
always. Book it. Yes. Alex, uh, we'll, we'll wrap up with your thoughts on this. Um, I, I think it is, uh, it's fine. I just feel like, um, like I, I'm, I'm cool with them eliminating it, but they need to be consistent because it definitely appears from tonight's stuff that Shinsuke is getting his rematch. I mean, like, it seems like, seems like in storyline he is, like he attacks Rusev, so he's getting it, but I thought you couldn't get it automatically. Maybe it's because he attacked Rusev that he gets it. And also, like, AJ Styles is basically getting a rematch. Yeah, he, he won. He got, he I, won I, the match, I, though. Right, at least, at least he actually did that. But it seems like it's kind of like, I want it to be, like, across the board. Like, whoever sure. loses the match cannot have the next title match. Like, let's just get it out of the way and move on. This led to a fresh start battle royal, which saw Apollo Crews win. I'm not going to run down all the names, but Finn Balor was the biggest name in there. Right after he said, I'm going to go for the Universal Championship this year, he loses a battle royal with a bunch of uh, lower card guys. Apollo Crews gets a title shot against Dean Ambrose. Jeff, I thought Dean Ambrose made Apollo Crews look like a million bucks. In that match, yeah. Um I I have a problem with building a guy to beat him the same night. If you're if you're telling me it's a chance, I mean I, I'm fine with the match itself, but this is another. I mean they think that this is going to elevate Apollo Cruz and it's not. It's just okay. We we fed him on the same night and got it. Um, I'm actually <laughs> I actually like the way this battle royal was laid out because it is a bunch of geeks and Bo De- and and uh, Finn Balor. Baron Corbin and Cruz, and it gives a focus on them. But I liked, I liked the little, little short story of Kurt Hawkins maybe getting it. Um, I felt bad for Zack Ryder. This is his first main roster television appearance since April on SmackDown. Um, that kid loves wrestling. He should be on TV more, in my opinion. But you have Cody you sub, Cody tweeting at him too. So that that is that is something, uh, Alex. I I think that. Performances like this will go a long way in helping Apollo Crews because I don't think we've ever seen anything. This this might have been his best main roster match ever. Also, when talking through shooting star presses with uh, people who do them, uh, you, you take it like like the Styles Clash. You bend your head backwards. Yeah. Apollo Crews doesn't have to. No. He throws his body up in midair, completely revolves it, and just it's it's amazing the way he's able to pull that off. I thought Dean Ambrose sold for him great and made him look really good, but I'm with Jeff. I would have waited one week and built to this yeah. at least. Yeah, especially since it's you know it's pre-taped and anyone who kind of follows this pretty much knew ahead of time before they watched the match that but he wasn't going to win. Uh, it'd be nice if it was a live thing. You could have. I mean, there was a couple of really great um, you know uh, false finishes like Dean reaching out and barely grabbing the bottom rope was it was a really good false finish that might have got me if it had been a live match I went like wow that that's listen new era anything's possible sell me on it give me a guy with Apollo Crews let me have like a three-week run with the IC belt why not like like do something to to sell me on that really anybody can become champ just, I didn't even. I didn't even need that. I needed. I just needed some time. And and I'm gonna combine both your points here. Back in the day when you had four pay per views, you could have them win the match and then build for the couple months, and then you can beat him for the Intercontinental yeah. Title, and he'd be a guy. It'd be fine. But you gave people an hour to to emotionally connect to Apollo yeah. Cruz's yeah. big new chance, and then you beat him. 
I think you're, they're going to put him on next week. They'll probably have him beat some lower card guy, and they'll think that they've elevated him. And I'm of the opinion that it's it's just we're just filling time here with this new era stuff until we get to the Rumble build. Well, we're not filling time on this podcast. There are a few things we're going to skim over because they were completely inconsequential. We will return to our usual review method of Raw and SmackDown next Monday night, but this is covering Raw and SmackDown, and we're going to talk a lot about All Elite Wrestling at the end of this show. Baron Corbin confronts Elias, or Elias confronts uh, Baron Corbin, rather, and uh, Corbin ends up running away from Elias. We have a, a bunch of New Year's resolutions. These were very 1990s, and some of them were, were just fine. Zack Ryder wants more matches on Raw. No Way Jose wants to party some more because he doesn't wrestle, so I guess partying is what he's doing. Ember Moon, Bailey, and Sasha Banks defeated the Riot Squad. This was fine. This was a filler match that wasn't that important. Bailey wins with a nice-looking elbow drop. I thought that was very good. I am I'm really excited for those women's tag team titles, which we have not got to talk to you about yet, Alex. What'd yeah. you think when you heard that and how cleverly WWE just snuck that in there? I'm sitting at home or yeah. I'm coming home from the families on yeah. Christmas Eve and Andrew Thompson's in the, the chat going, getting this women's tag titles article. And I said, son of a bitch, they got me. Yeah, they got uh, me. it definitely uh, wasn't how I pictured them doing it, uh, especially since Vince... Vince got some some Santa beard in his mouth and had to the women's women's division is getting tag titles and I'm like okay Vince come on uh, this was this was fine I'm uh, I I just uh, better late than never seriously do something like figure out a way of of getting them on the Royal Rumble show uh, I'm I'm so excited to see what they do with it um, and I'm excited to see who holds it and for how long the big thing for, about this match was that Ruby Riot got a haircut and she looks like old <laughs> Ruby from NXT, which really pleases me because I loved that person. I found out that one of my friends, uh, actually trained with Ruby Riot. Didn't even know it until this past week. Warren, let me ask you, Santa Vince, do you prefer that or what do you say, ladies? <laughs> we make history again. <laughs> Oh well, but are those my only two choices? Because uh, <laughs> evidently, evidently, it is. Yeah, L- Linda, Linda's a third choice. <laughs> well, what do you say, ladies? We blow fifty million dollars again, and Vince yeah. is like, "Ah, oh, god damn it!" <laughs> no, I mean, I, this was you know the segment was was fine. You know, I have a you know I've had a little trouble. My, the, I've only had trouble very personally trying to separate myself from Vince McMahon being, you know, deep inside saying, well, they want a gift. I'll give them their gifts, damn it. You know, here you go, you marks. Take the damn belts you've been (laughs) for weeks. Oh, oh, goddamn hole, you know. That's the only thing I have trouble. I like I'm happy they're happening. Like you said, like like you guys said, you know, I'm I'm okay with with the with the belts happening better late than never unless I honestly I would have liked them to happen earlier as to not sacrifice a year of Bailey and Sasha, but we're getting them now. Let's just move forward and be happy about it. Jeff, better news this announcement or the Bengals firing Marvin Lewis. Oh, the Bengals firing Marvin Lewis. Yeah. So long as it's not Hugh Jackson <laughs> taking over. That's my... Uh, I wouldn't expect that. I think they're going to interview him. I don't think they'll hire him. Uh, well, look, I'm... 
my overall general theme is I'm tired of talent being deigned presence by the McMahons. And, you know, it's like, Hey guys, look at the opportunities we're giving you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that stuff, um, you know, I'll be fine with women's tag champs so long as they treat the belts with some prestige and they haven't found any way to do that with the regular tag title. So my, uh, my jury is still out. Thank you very much. I'll be a little bit more optimistic considering the changes. And also I do not doubt that the announcement this morning will light a little bit of a fire underneath WWE for better or for worse. We had Seth Rollins defeating Bobby Lashley. This is a fine match. The real highlight of this was Rollins after uh, getting DQ'd curb stomping Leo rush into the ground. And he took that right on top of his skull. Jeff, what do you think of that? I love Leo Rush. Uh, <laughs> I hope he doesn't take too many more bumps like this. Uh, but I, the visual of it itself was very impressive. Alex, any thoughts on this match and that spot? Uh, I loved. Um, I loved Leo just being evasive, like his whole thing of like, "Oh crap! I pissed off the wrong guy. I better like duck underneath <laughs> things for the next two minutes." Uh, I love that. Uh, and the cell man, he turned that cell into like a break dancing move. Um, Leo Rush, Leo Rush gets to audition every week for a, for a main roster spot, like akin to what Mustafa Ali has. He gets to audition every week and they, they can't hold him out of stuff like this, like an official Leo Rush versus Seth Rollins match. They can't hold him out of that for much longer. We also saw what I thought was a great video package of Braun Strowman. Uh, a lot of the WWE video packages I don't take notice of. This was a highlight reel of him tearing shit up. What got him over? This is what got him over. I I used to say when he did this, there are different ways that people look legitimate. Brock Lesnar we know is legitimate because he has held a UFC championship. Kurt Angle because he won a gold medal. Braun Strowman because I believe that he just in his spare time tears shit up. (laughs) And if you turn that up and he's throwing over semis and stuff, I might not buy it, but I like it. Uh, I thought this was invaluable. Also, something I want to put over. Alex, the Singh brothers got gear and tassels. Yeah, uh, Singh brothers are back to being Bollywood boys. Uh, One of them was in tights, looked pretty good, was nice and fit. The other one was in uh, trunks. They were a little too small for him. You could see the little under undercut of the butt there. It was a little, it's focused on uh, way too much. I think uh, think it's, uh, it's not Sunil, 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 which... Whichever one uh, wasn't injured for a long time, it was uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was a bit much. Uh, and here's the thing: like again, I don't want to harp on this, but I have to bring it up every time. <laughs> Jerry Mahal was champion for a really long time a, a yeah. year ago, and now he's like teaming up with two little guys um, in a handicap match versus Heath Slater and Rhino. Pardon me, he pinned a former ECW and NWA Worlds champion. Yeah, they, I, I love how they, they had Renee go, well, Rhino looks like a million bucks out I there. I know. He was really out of shape, but it was kind of no, like, okay. he doesn't. He, he does not. Like, no, no. I I've often encourage anytime I we talk about Rhino, I'm, I tell people, go look at him when he first showed up in yeah, TV. Yeah, yeah. That was the, the best shape I've ever seen Rhino in, and when I saw him in that shape, I was like, oh, he they're putting the title on him before the end of the year. Uh, Jeff, any thoughts on Jinder Mahal uh, – existing and winning this handicap match fresh start for rhino and heath slater 
<laughs> I, you know, I'm kind of bummed that he's still not refing. I think that could have been very fun and very entertaining. It was a story to be told. Yeah. We have uh, Ronda Rousey and Natalia against Nia Jackson Tamina. <sighs> Boy, get the damp rag out for this opening sequence, Ronda Rousey and Tamina, because let me tell you, what happened to Tamina, she didn't, she didn't bump off that. Ronda mm-hmm. Rousey bumped her off that, that hip throw. <laughs> and I, I'm just thinking, I'm like, man, Tamina's a 40-year-old woman. She's not the most agile, never was. She's got some bad knees, some some bad joints. I'm thinking, man, there's some clickety-clack going on when she takes some steps this morning. It was, I, I just love watching Ronda Rousey wrestle, Jeff. It is different. It, I, I had a conversation with my catch wrestling coach last night about just how different all of her offense is sometimes. Uh, there are some things like footwork that I think could could use a little bit of work, but, man, she's had quite a year. We've referenced the old school a little bit. I'm going to reference another phrase that was often used. It's like, yeah, sure, you can tell some of that wrestling is fake, but that right there, <laughs> that's real. Yeah. And 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 the hip throws and the judo stuff she's doing on these women and they're allowing her to do on these women, uh, very real, very cool to see. Now toughen up the rest of the roster so that Ronda has a little bit of competition in there. That's all. Yep. But you know, I mean, they're trying to do that a bit with these two, Tamina and Nia, who may be your tag champs. Um, sure. Yeah. I'm just saying. You know, oh, I believe it. I thought I thought that was the case. The put them together. Yep. Uh, Alex, any thoughts on this main event, which saw Ronda Rousey submit Tamina? This was this was fine. I mean, Ron, Tamina and Nia Jax are going to be what Tamina and Nia Jax are in this match, and Ronda has some special chemistry with with Nia Jax. But yeah, yeah. Every time I watch Ronda, I just go. I still can't believe her first match, if you could call it that, was at Mania. Like, that was so obviously, like, her being kind of held through it or whatever, but she's gotten so far since then. And I honestly, like, I poo-pooed it ahead of time. I really enjoyed the match, the storytelling of, uh, and the actual match itself, of her match with Natalia last week. I didn't think it was going to be any, I thought it was going to be ham, ham-handed, ham and they were going to try too much of, like, um, Oh, you're my friend. I don't really want to hurt you. They did just enough. I, I I thought it was really good. And last night, some of the things like the intangibles, like the way she kicked out at two and three quarters on that last near fall and like used her whole body to do it. Like she, it, it's, she's got a sense of what makes it a show that like really works. And uh, I think the sky's the limit for her. Like I keep saying, if she wants to put in like two more years of this full time, Who knows how good she'll be in two years. Then we have SmackDown Live tonight. Started off with New Day coming out. This was pointless, Warren. Why (laughs) did we need this? Well, because it's the new year and you have to have the new year baby, right? Because, well, because Vince is backstage and he thinks that kind of stuff is funny. And and this was the entire first segment where they basically – look, I mean, Big E E is just – he's got this this natural capacity to turn the stupidest stuff into something funny with the pancakes and the pancakes in his diaper, which it it managed to make me giggle. But 
only because it's part of Big E's body of work. You know what I mean? If it was if it was one guy coming out pulling pancakes out of his trousers, I'd be like, what what am I looking at? But it's it's Big E, so you're like, all right, this is delightful. They reference the Steiner math, okay? They um, and then they well, they put over John Cena's uh, movie, which you know he could have done a good job doing that later. But I mean, otherwise, yeah, I mean, there was nothing to this. It wasn't a a first quarter hour segment, you know? It was a waste of time. Uh, Alex, anything on this? Uh, it was every year they do this and it's kind of a thing like the, every year they have at least one, probably closer to five segments where they remind everyone what the Royal Rumble is. Yeah. And it's like, we, we know we, most of us have been watching your pro- product for a very long time. Uh, at least a couple of ro- Royal Rumbles uh, of time. And we know what it is. You don't need like these three guys to come out and explain it to us point by point for 15 minutes. Oh, you better be ready because they're going to explain it to us by having people run in on each other and throw each other over the top yeah. rope. Yes, for, for no the next effect. several yeah. weeks. Yeah, it's going to be. Jeff, good. what other sort of Royal Rumble build tropes are you looking for? I'm looking forward to the uh, qualification matches, whereas most people are just coming out and saying that they're in the Royal Rumble. Yes. That, that's my favorite. <laughs> that, that's my absolute favorite. It's like, I, I have a qualification match tonight to see if I'm in the Royal Rumble. Well, well, that guy over there just said he was in it. How come he didn't do that? Well, you know, I really want to earn my way in. Man, you remember when the New Day's comedy was subversive and edgy? <laughs> now it's... Uh, I'm ready for... Go ahead. Sorry. Now they're 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 product placement guys with Biggie doing his best to get in whatever sex joke he can get in. And and, and prop comedy with the blindfold tonight. So like yeah, top top notch. I almost cooked pancakes to put one in my shorts so I could throw <laughs> one tonight, but I decided that was a little bit too method acting for anybody yeah. to do. Yeah. Jeff Hardy versus Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe defeats Jeff Hardy via referee stoppage with a coquina clutch. To advance the fatal five-way number one contender match at the end of the night. This was a lot of what we, this was very similar to the Apollo Cruz <laughs> thing that you mentioned, Jeff. Uh for Joe, at least it gets him a win. He needs all the wins he can get because he never wins on pay-per-view. <laughs> let's just let's just make Samoa Joe wrestle twice. Yeah. <laughs> Give him some cardio, Jim. Did it. you see him on the Edge and Christian show? Oh, Oh, the, uh, the the Girl Scout sketch, it's it's great. That This season of Edge and Christian, the first three episodes I've watched, have been fantastic. So I was, I was thinking about that, and I'm not advocating them turning Joe into a joke, but I'm like, have we ever seen that out of Samoa Joe? Ever? No. I And I've watched this guy for 15 years now. I've never seen that out of Samoa Joe. By the way, I just became a hypocrite because I complained about Big E trying to fill in sex jokes. And Bailey does a fisting joke on one episode, so just uh, uh, hey, hey, he, he warnings there. <laughs> Naomi versus Sonya Deville. Naomi's supposed to face Mo- uh, Mandy Rose, who has been flirting with <laughs> her husband for uh, weeks, but instead she gets Sonya Deville. This match is fine, but then Mandy gets on the mic and says she sent Jimmy a picture of her in a towel. Now listen. Jeff, I know you've got ends with Wrestling Observer and Voices of Wrestling. <laughs> I'm going to need you to throw on the towel and distract these people so I can get those sweet numbers. 
Yeah, you know, it's 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 uh, you know part of the imagination thing, the whole towel part, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, I'm sure whatever Mandy Rose's profile picture on Twitter is right now is Mandy's more revealing. Little, Mandy's a little shy. So she yeah. had to put up a towel. <laughs> Warren, what did you think of, of this? I mean, this is this is a bit controversial, this situation. I am so glad you threw to me. Let's get into it. <laughs> first and foremost, I uh first and foremost, I am very disappointed that they are not going forward splitting up Mandy Rose and Sonia Deville. Sonia should be off doing her own thing. Yeah, and- podcast with me. There you go, and not uh, and not playing second fiddle to Mandy Rose. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but man, we saw glimpses of of Mandy Rose in the uh, during you know uh, in the build up to Evolution and after that, and uh, not Mandy Rose, sorry, uh, Sonya Deville. We saw glimpses of what she could do, and we just I want more. I want absolutely more. Now, do the women need to have? to have their husbands in as an excuse uh, for a feud. Well, I mean, it has happened in the past, right? One of the most famous angles in wrestling history revolved over two guys and a female manager, right? That were, uh, that, that were arguing uh, that, that, that was basically a love triangle. Let's just leave it at that. Um, but do we need this? Maybe not. However, I would be really, really into combining the idea of Mandy Rose being a homewrecker and Sonia Deville or trying to be. And then uh, Sonia Deville and still going to separate Sonia Deville with Mandy Rose. Maybe at some point, Sonia, maybe if Sonia is always fighting her battles and maybe she's maybe at some point she just gets fed up of Mandy trying to be this, you know, this vixen. And then eventually turns on her. That would be an actual interesting twist to this. But am I giving WWE a little too much credit? Thank you, Jeff, (laughs) for validating that. I think I'm giving them a little too much credit. But it would be so much more. At least give us something interesting in this payoff and I'd be okay with it. Otherwise... You know, they could be they could be feuding for so many other reasons than just wanting to make out with the Usos. Yeah, I I, uh, I follow a lot of um, different voices who, who who comment on wrestling on on Twitter, and a lot of the female voices and the female female voices of color that I that I follow on, on Twitter are really upset about this feud. There's a lot of tropes among. The idea of the blonde white girl stealing the black woman's man—that that I think that the WWE might not actually realize exists. They don't. But but can be. Can, <laughs> Kaz but, does. But, Kaz but, does. That's it. Yeah, yeah. But but they can they can be really hurtful to a segment of the population that watches wrestling more and more. And so I mean I was like, just leave it, guys. You don't need it. Like you can figure out a way for these two to have matches that don't revolve around. Uh, Mandy Rose putting on a towel over her gear, which is more <laughs> revealing than the towel. And what I guess texting it to Jay Uso, like why does he? Or maybe his DMs are open. I don't know. It's all stupid. Like uh, whatever. My biggest thing about this, and maybe we can argue about this, Sean, is that 
Sonia's new finisher looks like she's getting DDT'd by I'm Naomi. I'm not going to argue with her. She needs to throw the arm in front of her head. It's it's uh, okay. Hiroki Goto Shoten. It's not the Shoten Kai. That's where you sit out. But she's got to throw the arm in front of her her face before she goes down with it. Otherwise, that that's why he does that is so it won't look like he's getting yeah. DDT'd. You move mm-hmm. the arm from around the neck to in front of the head. There you go. It's it's uh, if you all remember, it is the elevator that Matt Morgan uh, used yes. to do back in the WWE and Impact Wrestling briefly. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I like that she's using the move, but she's got to throw the arm in front. I was going to mention that. Good, but yeah, maybe don't DDT yourself. Yeah. Up next, the hell is up next? John Cena comes out. With his build that wall haircut, <laughs> he talks about living in China for six months. WrestleMania plugs Bumblebee, and he asks for somebody to come out and face him. It's Becky Lynch, and Becky Lynch <laughs> uh, verbalizes with John Cena quite well. Warren, yeah, yeah, that it worked out very well. This was not uh, John Cena and, and Roman Reigns exchanging barbs no this was really interesting but i really liked how or really liked. i found it was really interesting say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill save big on your memorial day barbecue all in the kroger app get three pound rolls of juicy 80 percent lean ground beef for 349 a pound with a digital coupon then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, body armor super drink or arizona tea for 77 cents each all with your card shop these deals at your local kroger today or tap the screen now to download the kroger app to save big today kroger fresh for everyone Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Interesting how John was, uh, I mentioned this at the start of the show, how he was, he wasn't going into or he wasn't, you know, uh, uh, being his, uh, um, his maestro of the microphone, his promo cutting uh, typical self. He was very accepting of what she was uh, of what she was delivering. And he was, you know, sort of like mugging and going, all right, all right, you know. And when she eventually did drop the uh, the uh, the Bella bomb, let's call it that, uh, you know, he sort of, he kind of took it in stride. It was like, okay, fair play, fair play. And he didn't get any comebacks. He didn't fight, you know, di- didn't have the time to respond and 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 give the, the, the verbal jousting that perhaps we could have got. It was very much Becky Lynch is in control here. And John is like, okay, uh, maybe it felt like he was sort of another generation, another time, you know, he, he was taking the back seat to Becky Lynch, which he does not a lot of times do. Sometimes John Cena is very counterproductive to stuff like that, where like, he's like, yeah, guys, uh, why don't you get more beach balls out? I love it, man. I'm cool. Like you all. And he goes against what needs to get over in the ring. Sometimes that was not the case tonight, Jeff. He was there to help Becky Lynch look like she was a bigger star. And that was it. 
I agree. I, I, I liked that he toned it a bit down. He kind of, uh, I, I, my favorite moment was just a small thing. The bemused look when Becky Lynch's music hit. Yeah. And it's kind of like that. Oh, okay. This is uh this is something new. Uh, let me ask you guys this. I, I lo- overall liked Becky in this segment uh, as I want to do due to my biases, but I felt this was a little too, how, how do I put this old whimsical Becky rather than, you know, she's kind of, uh, she, she's playing kind of the, the, the I'm in charge here and I know it, but she's kind of has that kind of that smirk that looks a little bit too much. Like I'm in on the joke at the same time. Did you guys feel that way at all? Or was it just something I was, I was picking up off the TV? Uh, I, th- I think she was uh, the same character uh, reacting to a new person uh, in the story in a different way. Like she has a certain amount of respect, hopefully, built up over years for John Cena and like, okay, uh, you were the top guy here, but guess what? I am now. Uh, but that doesn't mean I hate you. Just means you need to get in your place behind in line behind the man. And, and that's, a, there's a difference there between, cause we've only really seen her in like interact with people that she has a direct problem with. And mm. if she doesn't have a direct problem with you, she's still high status over you to use an acting term but she's not necessarily aggressive or antagonistic toward you, which I liked. I liked that, like it was like when 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 Cena was the illegal man in the ring, and he was he was like, "Get the heck out of here, old man! It's my time to shine." I liked that, and I liked her giving him the you know the you can't see me. I thought it was nice without it having to be like you know hitting him with something or or right. giving him a direct insult because there was no real. But see, the thing is, if you cross the man, the man comes to collect. But until you cross the man, she's fine. She's just there. It's yeah, she okay. was trying to she was trying to troll him pretty much. I think. Is what yeah, was yeah, yeah, yeah. Andrade, Cian, Almas, and Zelina cross the man. I saw Mike Killam tweet that Zelina's delivery is very much like AJ Lee's, which I was like, you know what it is, which is kind of funny that the the casting of that fighting for my family that it's it was a good tweet. John Cena and Becky Lynch defeated Andrade, Cian, Almas, and Zelina Vega. Fine match, and it ended when Becky Lynch pushes John Cena out of the ring and then uh, reverses a roll-up from Zelina and ends up with a disarmor. I thought that was such a nice touch, Alex, to add that Becky Lynch is like, you're not going to Charlotte me tonight. No, no. Get no, out no. of the ring, and I'm taking this. Yeah, I, I also just loved it was practical. Like, you can't get the win for us here. Stop showboating, get out so I can actually win this match because I'm the legal person in this match. Yeah. That's great. Uh, I, I liked all of this. Uh, I actually really enjoyed the best thing that that uh, that Cena did tonight, I thought, was uh, was after after Zelina had her really long thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm Zelina Vega, and this is Andrade Zianalmas, and blah, 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 blah. I'm John Cena, and you might know me from being John Cena. Uh, you're way, way out of your weight class, and you, Padre, I'm pretty sure she could knock your teeth down your throat. Why don't you come in here? Let's have a match. Like, boom, 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 boom. I'm John Cena. Economy of movement and speaking. Let's get this done. It was really great. It was classic. Jeff, what would you think of this? I... <sighs> I'm not a fan of the mixed tag format. Yeah. I'm just not, especially especially once they, they started doing mixed match challenge and now it looks like it's going to be a regular thing on the main roster. I, I, I'm not a fan of it. Maybe, I'm, maybe it just takes me out of the reality of things, but also I, I think wrestling week to week has kind of 
hurt Zelina Vega's character in many, many ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when she did the Hurricanrana in, in, in NXT, it was for special times and then eventually became every time. And now it was like that first time she wrestled, it was kind of a special thing. And now she wrestles every week. And loses every week. And loses every week. She seemed untouchable before. Yeah. I'm, you know, the match itself was fine. and go through the motions. I, I really wish they had put on Becky giving Cena the stunner, which was just for the arena crowd. I think that would have done wonders for her on TV. And I think that would have been a nice uh, thing to put on this show, on a holiday show as well. Mm Warren, your thoughts on uh, Becky Lynch? Uh, I, I, you know, not only did John Cena take a back seat to Becky Lynch during the promo, he took a back seat during the match as well. He was the babyface in peril for the entirety of the match. Got the hat, the hot tag in, um, and um, you know, Z- Zelina is okay in the ring, but you know, she, you know, there was a little. Uh, she, she needed a little. She needs a little more seasoning if they're going to go forward with this. And I agree with Jeff, you know, part of the mystique that made the Andrade Cien Almas and Zelina Vega combo work so well in NXT is because she was literally Paul Heyman uh, in in female form in NXT. Now she she walks out and she's in her gear. Uh, okay, she wrestled tonight, but when was the last time we saw her in a pantsuit like she would have uh, in, in NXT? It's been a while, and that's what made her... Special. It's what made the act work so well as uh, as well. So you know, um, I'm kind of I'm kind of on board with the uh, with the idea of Zelina. Yes, but in wrestling, but in smaller doses, make it feel special. Main event: Mustafa Ali in this main event yet again. Alex AJ Styles ended up winning, but I know that this made you very happy. Also make you happy. I was told there is no heat on Mustafa after the Daniel Bryan situation a couple weeks ago. As if you all couldn't guess, he's still doing the 054, even though somebody avoided it this week. Uh, no issues with Mustafa Ali, and he is put on the same plane as the main eventers on this show. It's it's insane to me that this guy, who I love and I'm so rooting for and I'm happy for it, is is in a, f- a fatal five way for a shot at Daniel Bryan at the Royal Rumble for the WWE Championship with AJ Styles, uh, Samoa Joe, who is is a legend even though he's not been treated that way with the booking, Randy Orton and Rey Mysterio, who's basically Mustafa's hero. Like it's crazy to me that you could even think that this it's totally improbable, and just the idea that uh, I mean. We never have seen 205 Live guys moving up to the main roster was impossible. Basically, effectively impossible until two, three weeks ago. Like, it's it's amazing to me that they're putting him in this position this quickly. And, and he's eating it up. He's, he's looking great out there. He's taking RKOs like a champ. Like, it's all great. He's turning in great matches in that way. I can't wait to see where they go with this. Um, but I, I'm loving it so far. Jeff, does it surprise you at all that Randy Orton seemingly spec just me me freestyling here said Styles Clash doesn't work for me, brother? HH, you can finish me off with the the four fifty. At at his age, I think he has the right to say no. Yeah. I got to be honest with you. He's a smart ass. I don't blame him. 
I, I don't blame him either. I mean, look, I, and you know what? That might be on him. He may get so, I mean, look, that, he may get so into matches that he, he may forget, oh, yeah, I don't tuck my chin here. I've been doing this for so long that, you know, I will give him the benefit of the doubt on here, but I will also give him the veteran's exemption, so to speak, yeah. as to not take it. So I'm I'm fine with that. I thought Randy's power slam on uh, Ray was sweet. Bye. Oh and, boy! And the tilt a world backbreaker that that uh, on Ray that uh, Styles delivered that one was uh, that was was some nice snug stuff as well. Um, I, I wish I could pull it up, but I I don't see a gif of the power slam anywhere. Wish I did, but uh, you've got Mustafa Ali, Ray Mysterio, Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, and Randy Orton here, and you got Mustafa Ali in there with all of them. I like that. You've got Ray, even though he is what he is. He's going to get a title match eventually in there. Joe doesn't get beaten. I think it's okay that Randy Orton gets beaten. Uh, Warren, what did you think of this close of SmackDown Live and uh, the idea for AJ to get another match? Um, I'm waiting to see the new AJ Styles or the real AJ Styles. Like Unless he comes out with that mask that he had at – Wrestle Kingdom 10, I think. Uh, there's no real AJ Styles. Like AJ Styles, it really feels like a, a New Year, same old me, though. Uh, you know, I'm, I, yeah, we still have a couple of weeks to build up, but, you know, um, it still feels like AJ Styles. We'll see how this goes. I thought this was a, a, a fun match for what it was. Uh, I kind of was disappointed that they only got 15 minutes in, you know, with, these five guys in there would have that would have taken another five minutes on top of that. That would have been fantastic. But all in all, this was um, this was a lot of fun. Uh, the last third of it was pretty exciting. But Vince, I, smacked, I, Vince smacked him. It has to be different this time. Yeah, I I, uh, I actually really like the the backstage segment with Vince and Shane and AJ because uh, mm-hmm. uh, lest we forget. Uh, a couple of uh, uh, turns ago, at some point, AJ put Shane's head through a car window. Yeah. So Shane knows the real AJ. And I thought it was kind of cool that he was like to his dad, do you really want to see the real AJ? Like, because I know that firsthand. Uh, it's kind of nuts. And I, I thought that was cool. It's They didn't actually mention that, but I like that the history is there. If subtleties. You call it up. And subtleties are nice. Um, yeah, but um, I mean, again... Like, uh, I'll see another AJ versus Daniel Bryan match. Sure, why not? Would I, would I have loved to have them just to said, you know what? Screw it. We're no one's beating Daniel Bryan before WrestleMania anyway. So let's just throw the kid in there and and like like why not? Like, do it. Go go whole hog. Although I will say, whatever Mustafa Ali does in the Royal Rumble is going to be spectacular. Well, speaking of going whole hog, Alex. Yeah, we had an announcement this morning, the wee hours of the morning, the wee hours of the morning, <laughs> three, hours. three a.m. Eastern. I did a live podcast, a breaking news podcast at about four a.m. Eastern. All elite wrestling is a thing. It is official. There wasn't really a ton of information that we didn't have from the trademark filings. There was some stuff here and there, but I mean. If you all also want to go all in, but you don't have the confidence to make sure that you're double 
or nothing, our friends at Blue Chew can help you out. That's bluechew.com. It brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know they work, but they work better, faster, they're cheaper, they're more effective. Take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach since they're chewable. They're twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. If Tony Khan shows up at your front door with billions of dollars and says, perform, (laughs) get your blue chew ready. Get it, pop it, get it done, get your millions. They're made in the USA, and since they prepare and ship direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. They're prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting at the pharmacy, no more awkwardness. You don't have to allegedly co-op media to get the word out about your performances. You just take that blue chew and everybody's going to – good luck. You're going to need a soundproof room or everybody's going to know about it. Everybody's going to know about it. Fightful, that's the code you use to get the first shipment free. Pay $5 shipping, that's it. It's free. It's free, guys. Free! Use the code Fightful. All Elite Wrestling, the official announcement. Here's what we know. Tony Khan, billionaire, Jacksonville Jaguars, owns soccer teams. He is the president of the company. Cody Rhodes, Young Bucks, vice presidents of the company. Uh, We talked about this pretty openly on the show over the last couple of months, especially on Listen Your Boy, what we know, what we don't know. Tuesday Night Dynamite is a trademark that was filed for a TV show. Uh, But let's break it down piece by piece. Jeff, your thoughts when you finally heard the news and what you heard of the news? Wasn't shocked by it. Um, I don't know what to think. I'm going to be honest. I don't. I think it's good to have competition in the market. I think it's good to have another wrestling organization out there. I Look, I'm in Los Angeles. There's plenty of actors out here who started theater companies and proved themselves to be poor business people. I I know of these people uh, who lost money doing such things. It sounds like Tony Khan, Observer subscriber, has some of the uh, contacts of the Observer helping him out here. Your Jerichos, your Jim Rosses, perhaps even your Dave Meltzers um, as as kind of uh, consultants, so to speak. But we're not going to know the viability of this until we know who, who's out there on the market. And to me, I can be optimistic about it, but at the same time, I don't know what this is going to do to the lower level indies. I don't know what this is going to do to the companies that are mid-level companies that already exist like TNA and ring of honor, but ring of honor spending money. If they got uh, Bandito. Bandito and you know, once you get past Cody and the bucks, I mean, where who's going to have goodwill with whom is another question that, that I'm getting out there that I'm, I'm thinking is very important because New Japan wants to grow in America. Ring of Honor still wants to be viable in America, and they helped AEW with this all-in first one. Gary Jester What's... pretty much showed him how to run the show. Yeah. Um, a lot of the checks that were written for product, like for employees of that event had Sinclair Broadcast Group on the check that they got. 
I'm I'm going to use a basketball analogy. It, it, I mean, look, people are saying, "Oh man, WWE is going to be real nervous about this." WWE defeated a multi-million dollar corporation in Turner backing WCW that was spending money like a drunken sailor. They're not worried yet. And to me, AEW doesn't get on the map until they get that first major defect that's not a that, that's not a retread. That's that's going to be the one to me that the, where they go, I can take them seriously. So some more information that, that has emerged is that the Young Bucks haven't officially signed, but they're going to. They're going to. Uh, that's pretty much out there. Uh, very much looks like Daniels, Kazarian, Scorpio Sky are involved. Those are good people to have involved as well. Uh, I spoke today because there were rumors that there are a couple of TV deals on the table, and I published an article speaking about it. Like about the options. I was told flat out that people in WGN were really, really happy with how All In looked and and how it performed. And this is a company who a lot of people don't realize have had ups and downs with pro wrestling for decades. Blast Off didn't work in the 90s the way that they wanted to. They thought they were sold a bill of goods with WWE superstars when they were getting Cody Rhodes versus Shane McMahon on week one and Jericho versus Punk on like week two or three. Then a few weeks later, it's like Ezekiel Jackson beating up some some job guy. It's not what they thought. They they had like a wrestling themed funeral show at one point. Uh, they've got Ring Warriors on their on their program on their network now. So did they have main event also? I don't think so. I think main event was somewhere else, but okay. uh, I can look. They. Yeah, I think they were on they were on Ion. Okay. But they they've been in and out. We we remiss to not mention TNT, which is familiar with pro wrestling. And normally I would say, well, what the hell? Why would we even mention them? Well, the reason I would mention them is because one championship, a company, an MMA company based out of Singapore, has landed a one hour uh taped slot on TNT. Basically, on the fact that they've signed Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, Sage Northcutt, Eddie Alvarez, and some familiar names. So we'll see how that ends up. Alex, based on what we know so far, uh, what are you thinking about this? Uh, I think that um, any competition is good. Uh, it allows it, 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 people who aren't being utilized properly uh where they are have another place to go where they might be feel like they have a better shake uh it maybe it, it lights a fire under wwe in in some ways uh I, i'm hoping it's not like listen we're gonna offer you seven eight times more than they will uh so take it and it was like well i'm gonna take that money and then they just sit there for three years and not do anything like that's what i'm worried about is they're gonna start bringing in more and more all, everybody's going to get signed by WWE and then they're going to like and like an NXT the Ocho and like put something else on like it's just that's what I'm worried about um but I, I Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks they proved me wrong before I didn't think All In was going to be as as amazing as it was as 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 over as it was and they who knows what these guys could do I mean, I don't know. They got real money back in them, and the cons are no joke. So, yeah, they we'll make see. great hot dogs. What? Cons <laughs> hot dogs. 
Come on. Uh, okay, it's an American Come thing. Come on. No, but, uh, the, um, the, uh, the, the thing here and uh, the thing here that we have to keep in mind is, is the money. Let's not be stupid. Um, you know, as far as ring of honor goes, you know, it's a property of Sinclair, right? Like it's not, uh, an organization built entirely to support this wrestling, uh, venture, you know, uh, uh, impact impact. You, it feels like they've been spinning their wheels money wise for, for the entirety of its existence, you know, and the, you know, Anthem moving, uh, impact over to one of their own TV properties or not exactly their own, but something that they're, it's a subsidiary. I, uh, something like that. Um, you know, it feels like there's a consolidation of, you know, trying to save some bucks as well here. Um, you know, the cons have the cash. They are creating a company to support this venture. There's going to be some real uh, oomph behind it. Uh, and, you know, as far, you know, so yes, on one end, oh, the competition, yeah, sure, sure. But I think this has a legitimate, I mean, I mean call me optimistic. Call me, you know, I, I like to see. The- fair. Why not? Why not be optimistic about it? Uh, one of the things that was like casually mentioned last week. I think Dave said it impact tried to sell to all elite wrestling, but that's not a secret. And I'm thinking, yeah, it is. I mean, it's not been reported anywhere before (laughs) that. I don't think it's a secret that impact met with WWE. And there were some discussions there. When I look at the impact roster, I think, my God, there are a lot of pieces that would be great. But what you don't want to be, is Impact 2.0 or yeah. at this point Impact 9.0 or 9.7 or whatever the shit they are at this point. But when I look at Impact roster and I'm like, my God, Kiara Hogan, Taya, Tessa Blanchard, Jordan Grace out of the women, like that's 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 a pretty solid start. Then you talk about the men's roster and I'm like, okay, you've got Eli Drake. He's a hell of a talker, but does he fit the profile of what they would want? I don't know. Sammy Callahan's had a hell of a year. It seems like he would fit in with that group really well. And then I look up and down that roster and I'm thinking, man, there are probably 15 or 20 people that would fit in with that group. But if you take that many, Alex, yeah, doesn't it become Impact 2.0 or 9.0? Now, is now the, the like a, a a core group of of performers uh, in 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 a theater troupe? Can can put on many different shows, can wear many different, uh, you know, uh, suits, and in, 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 in actually, it can work better in, in different ways. Uh, I, I wouldn't mind seeing a lot of these guys in Impact um, under different under new, under new management and figuring out what they can better be used by. Maybe the gimmicks change. Uh, you can actually start fresh with new characters and stuff like that. Um, I, I mean, basically, imp, I mean, I don't want to say specifically to pronounce them dead, but Impact's going to run on the Pursuit Network, which is run, which is owned by Anthem, which owns Impact. It's a trash deal. It's completely trash. And there's, I don't know if you can salvage it. So the idea that all these guys would, would be over on like, because we all was like, oh, nobody knows where Pop Top Pop TV is. Pop TV is on three times as many is in three times as many homes as Pursuit is. Like nobody knows where Pursuit is. Like so, no these these guys are are better than being on a show where no one's going to get to watch them. So let's talk about the original report, which came from SE Scoop several months ago, and I had a lot of elements of truth in it, but a lot of uh, 
incorrect things as well. The access TV component, they immediately denied. And I can't believe that anybody would take that seriously. I, I don't know how Mark Cuban owns that. And it's not in more homes. Like I figured like something would happen for the love of God. Well, I'll, I'll kind of get to that a little bit later, but Access TV is not a brand in which you can put on a new program like that that you probably want on a national or global scale and make it grow like that. I, I don't think that's – I think for what New Japan's trying to do, it, it's okay. It'll put them in front of some new eyeballs. But I talked to somebody very close to the situation. Alex, I may have told you who it was. will not say that name on the air. But I had to ask them, is this true? And they said – these guys just worked all in and did the all in shown as successful. Why would they follow that up by working with JR and Chris? And my reply was, I didn't think the NWA would be churning out really good content two years ago, but it's happening. I didn't think that the owner of the Los Angeles Lakers and the owner of the Dallas Mavericks would come together to broadcast a women's wrestling vanity project, but that's happening right now. Yeah. Uh, I, there's a lot of things I don't, expect to happen in wrestling that end up happening in wrestling. So I, I'm not here to make assumptions. I'm here to ask questions and learn and to find out the answers. And this person came back to me about a week later and said, some of it's true, but that story is so far off the mark. And uh, it was pretty clear from that point what was going on. And we talked about it weekly on listing your boy, but when we talk about free agency, we don't know what type of situation is going to unfold. And I was asked by that same person, if you were them, what would you do? I'm like, how can I answer that? I don't know what they made. I don't know how many pay-per-views they sold. I don't know what kind of merchandising they did. I don't know what how it would run without the Ring of Honor group helping them. I don't know uh, what their sponsorship deals were like. And what their sponsorship deals could have been like if they more aggressively pursued it without having to keep, keep up the facade of them doing it on their own, which wasn't necessarily true. I don't know how talent will feel about this. I don't know who's under contract, who's not under contract. There are a lot of questions about that. Jeff, do you think that with all things considered, with the options that these guys had on the table, which is virtually anything they wanted, do you think this is the right move? <clears throat> What, doing the promotion? Yes. I think they're going too big too quick. I, I think you need to... Uh, it's one thing to do a one-off spot show. It's another thing to, to do an entire promotion with stories, with angles, with that, to announce that when you don't have a talent roster quite yet. You do have some signings. You don't necessarily have a lot of creative force in there other than yourselves. And you have a lot of people out there on the market doing smaller things right now. Dave Lagana is doing great stuff with the NWA. Court Bauer's doing good stuff with MLW. I, I tend to think Don Callis is doing quite good stuff with TNA in terms of his creative direction, even if they're not getting the eyeballs. Axis has had two wrestling shows on it now, and they're about to have a third. And they never really got a huge market share with Ring of Honor or New Japan and probably won't with Women of Wrestling or whatever the heck that, that wow, is. Wow, Women the, of Wrestling. Yeah, Wow, Women of Wrestling. There's just too many variables right now. And then to announce that you're just going to go – to me, it feels like an XFL-type announcement. We're going to go national. We're going to go big with this thing immediately instead of starting small and growing it. 
And it's it it feels and look, I think there's a market for a good wrestling product, a different wrestling product, and that's what you have to do. Is what am I bringing to this market that's different? And I don't know if they've thought about that yet, other than well, it's us. And yeah. I, I don't know that yet. I don't know what what are you bringing that's a different like Lucha Underground, which has some pretty creative people working for it. I think tried something different, admittedly, with wrestling. Now it wasn't always great, and the, there were problems. There are still problems with the talent contracts there. But I, I just I, I think announcing this right now, when you don't necessarily have a creative plan, I you know I'm I'm skeptical. I'm hopeful, but I'm skeptical. Warren, I want I want your thoughts on this. As as Jeff mentioned, different. And let's look at the landscape. Women of wrestling is using an updated glow format. I mean. Dave McClain straight up told me this is Glow if he had it his way when he created Glow. But they are using Tessa Blanchard, who is probably who Impact should build their company around right now. Impact Wrestling is often running a Lucha Underground light formula. A lot of their wrestlers, with pretty much the exception of Eddie Edwards and Moose, are on everybody's TV. Lucha Underground, MLW, they're all over the place. Ring of Honor has started to use some Lucha Underground talent, but most of theirs is exclusive. But you have Dave Lagana of the NWA integrating his talent onto their show while helping them with production. Then you have MLW, who is has a few exclusive guys, but their talent is everywhere as well. All of this seemed to culminate at All In, which was a celebration of this marriage of all of these promotions, you had somebody from every company on this damn show, and now you've got these guys breaking off and starting their own thing. Supposedly, they want some New Japan integration, but how will that affect Ring of Honor? There's so many question marks about this. Um, yeah, and you know, one thing that we we can also keep in mind. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys, because uh, you know I've skimmed over the news today. Um, there. There hasn't been a television that we're speculating about uh, about television, but there hasn't been an announcement made sure. yet, right? So, I, my big question is: that, okay, TV deal—that's one thing. They've announced that their their next pay per view is going to be called Double or, or, or Nothing, or their next event. Let's call it that. Are we necessarily expecting a weekly wrestling program? Then why could it not be a? being the elite for AEW. Why couldn't it be that type of format that carries us into the pay-per-view? Because essentially all in was built on social media. And this is one thing that I sincerely believe that Cody and the Bucks are, will be able to leverage to their advantage to get the base really animated, but by using non-traditional methods of reaching out, that's how they were able to build all in and Starcade and make it into the event it was, the success it was. Um, and I will be doubly interested to see how they do or what they decide to do as far as streaming goes. Because Impact, even to this day, and it's not streamed live on global uh, on global Can't wrestling stream network. Anything live on global wrestling network? So like. yeah, exactly. So I mean. This this is also part of the success of their event of of their uh, this could also be part of the, the the success of their their promotion. How do they get the how do they get 
the product into the hands of the viewers so that uh, so so that they don't end up having to sign or having to settle with the pursuit network because they absolutely need some kind of distribution if impact were able to translate some live events onto GWN I'm convinced that it would help out it would help out the bottom line would help get the word out there much much easier then even just staying, even if they had decided to stay on pop, I'm I'm still convinced that it'd be fantastic. So well, these- then, then you don't have ad rates. You you can't sell. Ad- I mean, you can you can sell ads, but you would have to integrate them onto your show uh, in different ways. Man, but that- I, I, here's what I like when you're talking about like integrating integrating the ads. Like how like I just picturing Cody and the Young Bucks doing like uh, product placement. Like in that sketch in Wayne's world where they're like, like, oh, geez, thanks for this Pizza Hut pizza. And like just doing it like they could make it really fun with a, in a being like kind of what, like what I'm thinking of is if you just basically did did a Lucha Underground type of thing where all the backstage segments are filmed. But instead of it being like in this weird Mexican uh, uh, millionaire's kumite that he's running in a warehouse in Boyle Heights. It's like just these guys hanging out in hotel rooms in in uh in, like in, like being the elite, but all those segments backstage lead into what the matches are, and the matches are taped wherever they're taped, and you edit it all together into a cohesive show. You could do that, and people would watch it. And and just think about how they integrated the Cracker Barrel promotion in right. in All In, right. right? They had they had right. actual barrels out there, and they were used in matches. How many times can you do that, though? Well, how many times can you do that? That push, push. I mean, you have to try it. I mean, that's part of what marketing is as well. You have to, I mean, it's literally throwing shit at the wall, seeing what sticks. And then at some point it will unstick and you'll have to throw some more. You're going to have to try new things here because like, like we've been saying, and like you've been championing Sean Ross Sapp for the past months, you know, we're, we're entering in in, an entire, with, WWE going on Fox, billions of dollars. AEW, we are entering new territory. We are entering things that we have never seen or experienced before in wrestling. We're, there is going to be a, a, a large part of trial and error, experimentation. We're going to see them try new things to turn a buck and to get the, the, the to get their 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 content into our hands so that we can. We, so that we can absorb it like we're some sort of blob from outer space who loves wrestling content. Jeff, any final thoughts on this? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I've said enough. I, 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 we're still too early to really. Yeah. We're, we're going to find out more on Tuesday. Next you know Tuesday. What I'm, the most fascinating thing to me about all this is something we haven't even brought up yet is we talk about Cody and the Bucks, Cody and the Bucks, but the elite was made by Kenny Omega in many ways. And he is, he is beholden the new Japan. And we, and if that new Japan deal goes sour with AEW, what happens that, that that's going to be interesting to me, but uh, until I, 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 until we can't speak smartly on this until we see some things and hear about more moves and see who they're bringing in creatively and if they get a deal and if they get more talent signed so right now this is fun but it's a little bit empty talk for me we'll learn more next tuesday they are holding a press conference in jacksonville i am trying to get boots on the ground in jacksonville uh which is also where smackdown is next tuesday 
So I <laughs> thought that was uh, interesting. Alex, tell the people where they can follow you on social media. You can follow me at Pulowski the fourth. I uh, I tweet about random stuff. <laughs> Did we break Alex? Yes. Uh, Jeff, it's only a matter of time. If not, if not now, at some point. Jeff, where can the people find you? What the hell do you do? You can follow me at Crap Game Thirteen. You can follow my other show at Shake Them Roast. We just did our second Patreon episode. Chris and I did a live watch of World Class Championship Wrestling episode number three seventeen, and we told about everybody about both of our love for one Hollywood John Tatum. So if you go to patreon.com slash shake them ropes, you can find out more about that. Patreon is where we house the Fightful Select service, which because of the new year and credit cards expiring, we are six shy, I see, of the goal for Jimmy Van to sing Stephanie McMahon's theme. On that podcast or on that service, you get outtake behind the scenes footage. You get the Weekender podcast that covers non WWE stuff. You get the Fightful Report where I talk exclusive news. You get bi weekly dark match commentary. You get back in the day clips and you get Warren Hayes doing a show or two here and there. We got te- several shows every every week. Warren lets people know where they can follow you, where they can hear you, all that good stuff. Uh, Fightful Select tomorrow night. We're coming back to our regular scheduled programming. 205 Live and NXT is back. Two hours of NXT tomorrow evening, so you can come and check me out uh, on Fightful Select after NXT for the 205 Live NXT recap show. I'm probably going to be doing another NXT UK recap show as we start heading into TakeOver Blackpool. So that's going to be exciting. And otherwise, you can follow my own meanderings over at youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes or on Twitter at Mr. Warren Hayes. Don't sleep on that Fightful Select service, guys. I post all of my exclusives on fightful.com, but I talk about them at length and put out a lot of exclusive info on that Fightful Report podcast. Thank you guys so much. Leave us a thumbs up. Subscribe. If you want to do us a big favor, retweet our stories. Head over to youtube.com slash Fightful MMA Boxing. Subscribe there. We're out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.